Great morning, everyone, and welcome to yet another episode of Thank God for Monday. I'm Brother Greg Cellini of the Franciscan Brothers of Brooklyn and Seton Hall University class of 1985. My great pleasure to be back with you once again today. The purpose of our show, Thank God for Monday, is to inspire you, our audience, to take personal responsibility for your professional satisfaction. We wanna provide you hope, healing, peace in these unprecedented, turbulent, uncertain times and motivate you to search deep inside yourself in the quest for fulfillment. Listeners, it's really up to you as how to utilize the information we provide today, take full accountability for the decisions you make and the resulting outcome. Now, one of the goals of our show, thank God for Monday, is to introduce role models. Role models of people who take very bold steps in their work lives. This is a very special time, as this Wednesday, April 27, is Administrative Professionals Day. And as such, we are honored today to have with us a most special guest. Her name is Karen Fox. Karen is the Executive Assistant for Student Affairs and Student Engagement Specialist, the Division of Student Affairs at St. Francis College in beautiful Brooklyn, New York. Great morning and welcome to Thank God for Monday, Karen. Great morning. Good morning to you too, Greg. How are you? Doing great, especially now that you're our guest today. How are you feeling this morning? I feel extremely blessed and honored to be a guest on the show today. I oh, wow, the honor is really all ours. Kindly share with the listeners from what city and state you're speaking from this morning. I am calling out from Brooklyn, New York. Ah, beautiful Brooklyn. There is certainly no place in the world like it. Sadly, Karen, we've only got 30 minutes. We could spend hours talking about your incredible life, your wonderful work experience, this professional administrators day coming up this Wednesday. So we're just gonna jump right into the deep end of the pool if that's okay with you. Absolutely. Were you born and raised in the beautiful city of Brooklyn? So I was born in Brooklyn and I would say I was 50% raised in Brooklyn. <laughs> um, so my parents are from Jamaica and um, yes, I'm actually like the first um, one out of my entire family to be born in Brooklyn. However, majority of my years growing up, since I was about six months old, I um, was raised back and forth from Jamaica. So I can't really take full ownership to being raised in Brooklyn, but partial. Wow. Wow. What an amazing story this is, certainly. Now, did you attend high school in Jamaica? Did you attend high school here in Brooklyn? How did that all work? So I um, always went to school here in Brooklyn. Um, I went to elementary school here. I dibbled and dabbled a little bit in the summertime in Jamaican school, but I went to high school here in Brooklyn. I went to Sheepshead Bay High School, actually. Oh, that's an excellent high school, certainly. I've heard a lot about it. So that is wonderful. Now, you're a high school senior. You have a decision to make, I'm assuming. You could go to 
college, you can go work. There's a whole lot of things you could do as a high school senior. Share with the audience and me, please, Karen, what path did you pursue upon graduating high school? So um, because I, my sister actually, she's 10 years older than me. She's the first college graduate from our uh, family. Wow. From, yeah, from John Jay College. So it was always in my making to also go to college. Um, my parents, like I said, came from Jamaica. So they always had the American dream. Like you come here, you go to college, you get a job, you be successful. So it was always in my makeup to go to college. So when I graduated out of high school, I did go to City Tech College, which is also downtown Brooklyn. And um, I got into a major and I didn't, but Greg, I didn't even know what a major was. Like I had no idea. So I, um, after a year, I did pretty well in City Tech. After a year, I decided I was going to go to Kingsborough Community College and major in liberal arts to kind of feel out what I wanted to do. Like most people, they get out of high school and they're not really sure what they want to do. And, you know, there's not that much for them to understand what can happen in their future, making these decisions. Sure. So I went to Kingsborough and kind of filled things out and, you know, also working on a degree at the time. And it was the best decision I ever made. Good for you. Did I hear you appropriate? Did you say that your sister was the first in the family to graduate college? Yes. Yes. She graduated from John Jay College. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So actually, she was born in Jamaica. So she came to this country when she was three years old and yeah, graduated college. Oh, that's an incredible story in her own right. And I would imagine your parents, like my late parents, did an awful lot of sacrificing. Oh, my goodness. And- I have no idea what the sacrifices that my um my parents made, I actually started recording them and asking them questions about their past so that I can always have these memories and stories, things that I didn't even know about them. Like my parent, my, my dad told me when he first came to this country with my sister, my sister and my dad first got here, they, um, really quick story, they uh, lived in Brooklyn and my mom asked to pick my sister up from school and he did so. and. Um, as he was waiting for the bus, you know, at the bus stop, it says no standing. And my dad coming from Jamaica didn't understand what that meant. So he (laughs) stayed there. He walked all the way from Queens back to Brooklyn (laughs) because he didn't understand the signs that said no standing. So (laughs) my parents have made a lot of sacrifices and they've come a long way. Oh, I hope to have the honor of meeting them one day soon. That's for sure. And this doesn't it really helps me to think about my late parents who sacrificed going to college uh, for uh, my four siblings and I certainly. And uh, uh, we have so much, so much to be grateful for. That's for sure. Now, at some point, I perceive you graduate college and then you enter, I don't know if you became an administrative professional at that point, but what motivated you to become an administrative professional? How did you enter this great and important field? So I'm glad you asked. Um, I actually was a um, student aide at City at um, Kingsborough Community College. So um, with financial aid, I was able to work for the college to as a part of my financial aid. 
Um, I ended up working in the business management office for Anthony and Parado, the late Anthony and Parado. And um, once I graduated, they offered me a position. And it was honestly, it, it kind of like it almost fell into my lap. But I realized that once I was there, it was like second nature. Like I sometimes I would be able to bring my daughter. I had a daughter at the time. She was about two years old. And sometimes I'd be able to bring her. She would nap right next to me in her stroller <laughs> while I was working, while I was taking care of the bursar, the business manager's office, um, helping out in accounts payable, helping out in um, purchasing. Like I wore so many hats and I learned so many things working there. So I kind of felt like it was in my destiny to be there and learn so much. And it just worked out. Wow. So it sounds like you were almost like a business manager there. You were almost running this shop, if I perceive correctly. Yeah, I, I learned a lot. I, I had some great people to guide me along the way and teach me um, what I needed to do. Um, my director, who's still there, Marilyn Moskowitz, and you know, people that helped me along the way to get me to where I'm at today. Like I'm, If it wasn't for that situation and those people, I wouldn't be where I'm at today. Oh, that is so beautiful. I know in my own career, I've had several mentors along my long career that have been so helpful to me. It sounds like these mentors have been instrumental and continue to be instrumental for you. Absolutely. Absolutely. They have definitely um, made a helped me make a pivotal time in my life at that at that time. Oh, that's terrific. Now, we have heard this is the 15th year, believe it or not, of Thank God for Monday. And even right from the beginning of our existence, we've heard this term lifelong learning. Would you say lifelong learning is important to an administrative professional? And if so, why would you feel that way, Karen? Absolutely. Um, Oh, how can I start? Lifelong learning. Like, I feel that if I didn't accept that concept years ago, um, I actually, after Kingsborough, I left Kingsborough and I um, went to be a correction officer at Rikers. Oh, so, wow. <laughs> this is news to me. Yes, yes, brother. <laughs> yes, Greg. I was a correction officer um, at GMDC, Rikers Island. And um, I learned a lot there. It also helped me realize that the environment that I'm in now is what was meant for me. Like I didn't stop learning. I did very well on Rikers. Like I, you can ask anyone from chiefs to um, wardens. I did very well. Even the inmates will tell you like Officer Fox, she was the best. Like they'll tell you, but um, I continue to learn and I continue to grow. And I realized that I wanted to do more to help people, especially in with college. College is so important. Um, and to be an administrator in that particular time in someone's life when they're making the most important decisions of their lives, I wanted to be able to help more and, and really help the foundation to someone's future. And I feel like learning and continuing to learn and getting more tools in your toolbox is so important to be able to help someone when they need it. Now, to do this great work you were doing at Rikers, 
did you have to go through some sort of training program? How did that all work? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. The training was very intense. We trained for about four to six months. And um, yeah, it's intense workout. Um, you get also sprayed with chemical agent in your eyes to be able to fight through certain situations because, you know, things do happen, you know, in jail and you have to be able to maneuver through um, chemical agent and, you know, with gas and things like that, that you inhale. And yeah, it's, it's pretty intense training that you do have to go through. And every time you also level up in um, rank, like just say I did take the exam to be a captain. If I would have stayed until I became a captain, you would have to go through the same training again. You get sprayed and yeah, it's, it's a lot. It's, it's definitely something you have to be determined to do. I've only had the honor of working with you here at St. Francis College for about five or six months. But you have an incredible spirit of perseverance. And I have a little bit more of a sense now. It sounds like this role at Rikers really, really taught you about perseverance and uh, never giving up, certainly. Absolutely. Absolutely. I can say that I had, um, I guess the seed was planted in me from my, my parents, especially my mom. She um, came to this country first and um, my mom fought. She fought hard to get everything that she has accomplished here and um, being able to bring my parent, my, my dad, my sister, and also nine of her siblings to this country as well. My mom um, also owning her own business, you know, becoming the first homeowners in our family. My mom really put the, um, the seed, she planted the seed in me. But once I got to Rikers and I realized like the opportunities that we all have every day that we wake up, um, that's what kind of made me realize like more like, you know, let's hit the ground moving and running and, and never, ever, ever giving up. Never. Wow. This is really amazing. Now, did I hear right that uh, you come from a big family, uh, Karen? Yes. My mom has uh, 13 brothers and sisters. Oh, oh, that must be joyous uh, every day and especially around holiday time. Yeah, can you imagine the cousins list? <laughs> <laughs> Are some of them here in the U.S. or some of them back home? Uh, yes, so I have majority of them are here. I still have um, quite a few still in Jamaica as well. Um, you know, some of my uncles, they are just they're diehard Jamaicans and they, they rather stay, they don't like the cold. They don't like the snow. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't give up, you know, those beautiful beaches and great food to shovel snow. <laughs> Jamaica, <laughs> the year. That sounds like a, I've never had the honor of going there, but it sounds like a beautiful place to be. Oh, you have to go. Definitely. I'm going to take you up on that. Thank you very much. Now, given this incredible vast experience, Karen, that you've had, what do you feel are the essential, the really important skills an administrative professional needs to possess today, 2022, to be successful? Um, well, success could be subjective. I feel like success for me is um, to be able to help someone. That's a successful day for me. Um, if a, if someone needs assistance in something, I might not be, you know, a chief, I might not be a director, I might not be at the top of my, um, 
role, you know, in that sense, but being able to help a student, being able to help even another staff member or someone else in administrative, that to me is very successful. So I feel one of the tools and and skills that you need is to um, be thoughtful, to have, um, to care about someone else, to also want to help someone else. Those are important skills for me to have. And also to piggyback off of continuing to learn, to be able to assist those people when they do need help. You are so good. I see you being a wonderful role model of St. Francis and St. Clair and in such a Franciscan spirit uh, that you have here, no doubt about it. And the empathy that you possess, I see your interactions on a daily basis. That empathy is so critical, uh, no doubt about that. Now, it's amazing because you're a great administrative professional here at St. Francis College. You've got so many responsibilities, but also you have a home life and maybe even a bit of a social life. Is it really possible to juggle all this? And if so, share with us how, please, Karen. So it is possible. (laughs) It is a lot of long nights and early mornings. Um, juggling. I do have a social life. I um, also own two businesses. Um, I, yes, I have a shapewear for women um, that I recently opened within the last maybe about eight months. And about three uh-huh. years ago, I um, purchased my my first home as an investor. Um, so I have tenants that I have to manage. Um, I have you know, four tenants that constantly call for <laughs> for help with things. And sometimes I'm a friend. Sometimes I'm there to listen to cries and, and you know, issues with that. And, you know, I, I have two kids and a husband and a dog. And I am the chief of this home. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so I help my parents out all the time as well. I have my uncle in Jamaica that constantly needs my assistance with banking and decisions and stuff that he has businesses here. So I will say um, determination is something that you have to have to be able to juggle both lives. Um, you have to know what you want and you have to go for it because no one's going to knock on your door and give it to you. Um, it's going to cost you some sleepless nights. You know, I, I go to bed late. I'm recording. I have my YouTube channel here and there and I am creating videos and content. And I'm also helping other people that want to get into the business and do things that I'm doing as well. So you definitely have to be able to, um, uh, I guess, give certain time to certain things at that moment when it's needed. So yeah, you can definitely do it all. Uh, It's really incredible because I see you most days. I'm here quite a bit in the office. When you're not working remotely, you're here. And you always seem so full of energy and you look always so well rested. So <laughs> you're doing a lot of things. That's with a lot of concealer, Greg. It's a lot of concealer. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's amazing. And this is one of the reasons we wanted to have you on, thank God, for Monday, because you've heard in the open, it's about taking personal responsibility for your professional satisfaction and your life satisfaction. And you are really a role model of this, Karen, because if I perceive correctly, you have a sense that you have to do it. You have to take charge 
of your personal life, your professional life, and you've done this wonderfully. Is this a concept you learned from mom and dad or your aunts and uncles, your siblings? Or do you think this just comes innately from within you? Where did you have, you know, this personal responsibility and professional responsibility come from? Um, I want to say, um, I can't even put a, a pinpoint to where um, the professional uh, responsibility might've come from. I guess I could also say like, having more responsibility on what I do and how I do it. And that would come from my mom. I would say that that would definitely come from my mom. She, um, she just, she's a fighter. My mom, she, she came, like I said, came to this country and she fought for everything. And um, she just never gave up till this day. She's still like, you know, my mom's in her sixties, uh, uh, late sixties, early seventies. And she's like, a firecracker. She's still like, you know, doing this and doing that and building things. Like she helped me build this wall right here. Behind oh me. my gosh. It looks beautiful. Yeah. And like, yeah, my mom, she's, she's a rock star. Did you say she was an entrepreneur or is an yeah. entrepreneur? Yeah. She owned her own uh, business as well for about uh, maybe 14 years prior to the pandemic. Like right wow. when stopped, she said, you know, okay, it's time to retire now but she did open her own business and and she did this all by herself brother greg with no uh you know she's not a youtuber she doesn't know how to to she just picked it up and asked questions and she went to the right people and she knocked on doors and she did what she had to do wow well both she and you are great role models for us and inspirations for us here on thank god for monday now, I always like to tell the story when we do this show annually, is that I had a lot of experience, 29 years in big pharmaceuticals, and there were many groups that I was in that performed very effectively. And I always thought it was because I was there. <laughs> of course. No, no humility at all there. And then there were some groups that really I was in, we didn't perform so effectively. And so when I took a step back, I saw it had nothing to do with me. It was really the administrative professionals in the group that make or break. And that was a, a really valuable lesson. Tell us, please, Karen, why are administrative professionals so important to the effectiveness of a department or a larger group? Um, I feel that we are the we are effective because when you're at a location, when you're at a company, when you're at a job for so long, you know all the bells and whistles. You know how to oil the machine. You know how to get things going. Sometimes I am, I feel like I work better under pressure. I feel like when there's so many things going on is when I really kick into action because I feel that um, sometimes I can see things I can foresee things that are going to happen. And, and I feel like as administrative, as an administrator, you have to be able to see what's going to happen before you have to know what has happened in the past to be able to move forward. And I feel like we are the glue of companies of foundations, like without administrative work, like how would we be able to progress? Well, that is so well said and really you're the orchestrator, you're the glue that uh, keeps things going here, that's for sure in student affairs. Now, I just sense great Franciscan joy when I see you in the operations here. What do you like so much? What do you like best about being 
an administrative professional? Um, again, I would say I, I do love the fact that I'm able to help. Um, in the beginning of this episode, you mentioned how we're in very trying times right now. And, you know, I never expected to be able to see, live to see such a trying time where, you know, New York was shut down and there was so much pain and suffering and, you know, so many people being affected by, you know, COVID. And um, I feel like to help someone, to put a smile on their face, to for that to be the first thing someone sees or goes to, you just never know. Someone could walk into the office and have a really bad day, have really bad things going on. And to be able to help them, I mean, something as simple as, you know, getting them to the right department, you know, that, that it's hard when you don't really have guidance, you don't really know what to do. And someone is there to not only guide you, but bring you along and, and take you from point A to point B and really assist you. So that to me is one of the greatest things, being able to connect your office with my office and making sure everything, you know, all the dots, all the I's are dotted and all the T's are crossed and just make sure everything goes without it, without any issues. One of the things that I've noticed is that administrative professionals, the more effective they are, the more they know the organization. Yeah. Does that make sense, Karen? Absolutely. Somebody like you in your key role Absolutely. Like here at St. Francis College, you need to know almost what every group in the college does. You need to be on point with everything. You need to be like a walking event calendar. Like you need to know what the left is doing, what the right is doing, what's going on where, what's going to happen in two months. Like we're moving, right? We're moving and I need to know where everyone's going to be seated. I need to know what everyone's going to be doing every day, what days they're going to be in, you know, I need to know everything. And I think that's very important because without that communication, without that one point of communication, things don't run smoothly. So I feel like I'm that one point of communication for our department that everyone can go to and get the answer. You know, if, if the uh, health and wellness might need some information about the events uh, department or what's going on at Res Life, they know that they'd be able to ask Karen and I'll be able to get them the answer. <laughs> well, this is so amazing because you're right. There's a tremendous move going on to a brand new campus on Livingston. I think it's 179 Livingston. So after yes. 60 plus years here in 180 Remsen Street, uh, we are moving over the summer to get ready for September classes. And I would imagine you, as you say, you've really got to be at the speed on everything because you're the pivot person for student affairs for this move. Yes, sir. I have to be on point with everything. And, you know, even not just administrative, um, you know, like staff and stuff, but also for the students. Like I, I had a few students that were very reluctant about the move and were not feeling comfortable about the move at all. And, you know, I don't know if they feel more comfortable talking to me than talking to, you know, maybe the deans. But I've had a few students come to me and say, you know, Miss Fox, I'm not, I'm not really feeling this move. I don't know why we got to do this. We're going to lose so many things. And, 
you know, I'm, I was able to pull out my cell phone and show them actual videos of us walking through the new building and showing them oh. and like what it looks like because they, we did have a town hall, but they didn't feel that they were able to see as much as they could have. So I was there to show them like, hey, look, this is what the rooms look like. This is what the hallways look like. Look how much more space we'll have, an open concept. And they both left the, you know, the conversation feeling a lot more excited about the move. So it felt good to be able to give them a little bit of sense of um, hope and comfort in that everything is going to be okay. You really, in your key role as administrative professional, have become one of the key faces of St. Francis College. There's no doubt about that. And, and that's so important because ultimately it is about serving the students. And Absolutely. let's face it, change can be very hard to embrace. And you're helping the students to embrace this wonderful change. That's for sure. Now, no vocation, be it Franciscan brother of Brooklyn, be it administrative professional is perfect. Is there a facet or two of being an administrative professional that gives you a great challenge? Um, I would say not being able to help more, I guess, would be uh, a challenge for me because I, I don't want to see anyone um, upset. I don't want to see anyone not be able to accomplish something that they set out to do. So as far as like, you know, things that are probably like above me with like, um, you know, things that they have in the cabinet meetings and things like that, that I might not be able to assist with because I'm not privileged to that information just as yet or stuff like that. I think those are things that probably, um, you know, just a little bit of discomfort because I, I, I want to help as much as possible in every department that I'd be able to help with. So that that's you know, a little bit of discomfort. Sure, sure. I'm very glad you didn't say working with me was one of the greatest challenges. <laughs> some of our colleagues. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> Karen, sorry to say time is getting short, but I've got two more questions uh, to ask you. If someone were to ask you, and you would be the ideal person for them to ask for advice about becoming an administrative professional, how would you respond to them? Oh, that's a great question. Um, I think that becoming an effective administrative, um, I think what some tools that you would need is always be able to um, learn. Learning is very important. Never stop learning. Um, and also be able to take um, creative criticism. Um, sometimes you aren't, Maybe sometimes you don't know exactly how to do something. Sometimes someone might say something to you that maybe didn't sit right. Like I like in jail, I'll reference in jail, and um, you could expect that people are a little harsh <laughs> in the way they talk. And sure. The and um, I had a, a coworker that was very very. Um, demanding and very forceful with the things that she said and you know from working in Rikers so long it, it it does take a whole lot on you sometimes however um a lot of people would not appreciate things that she says however I was able to sit down and listen even though it was coming at me not in the best manner 
but I was able to take what I needed from the conversation. Um, sometimes you have to remove your feelings from a situation and just take the meat and the potatoes from what's mm-hmm. a mistake to you, because sometimes it might not come in the best, um, it might not be said the best way, sure, but sure. the information is what you need to gather so that you can take that and move on and be a better you. Wow. I, I feel like criticism is very um, important to sometimes sit down and reflect on you and say, how can this help me be a better me and help me help others? Wow. So if someone gives you fraternal correction, if you will, that's something that Karen Fox embraces. Absolutely. She doesn't push that away. Absolutely. But Absolutely. That, that is such great advice for all of us. Uh, lastly, Karen, there are so many people who ask me, Greg, what should we do uh, in our organization, in our church, wherever the workplace is? What should we do for our administrative professional on Wednesday, April 27th? As someone who's a great administrative professional, how would you respond to that, please, Karen? I think what I would like um, to see is just, uh, I guess, just to know that our work doesn't go unnoticed as far as like we are setting out and helping and doing everything that we need to do on a daily basis and that, you know, from point A to point B, it's getting done. I guess just appreciation. Like I I love when someone says, you know, thank you. That to me is like the best reward, better than a a cup of coffee from Starbucks. The thank you goes a lot longer. The, The Starbucks will go straight through you. But the thank, you, the thank you will last forever. So I think the, you know, just appreciation is great. Just showing that Franciscan gratitude. Yes. Well, speaking of Franciscan gratitude, Karen, we cannot thank you enough for being our very, very special guest today on Thank God for Monday. You've enlightened us a lot, much more you've inspired us. Your story is incredibly compelling. Thank you, thank you, thank you for sharing it with us. We wish you continued effectiveness and joy and great contribution. Uh, Your work at St. Francis College and these other businesses that you have, these ventures that you have, and certainly from all of us here, thank God for Monday, a very, very blessed Administrative Professionals Day this Wednesday, April 27th. The Franciscan Brothers of Brooklyn and I will be praying for you and all the Administrative Professionals out there. So that'll be our gift of gratitude and gift of prayer to you as well. Thank you so much, Brother Greg. I appreciate it. And thank you so much for having me. It was my honor. It was my pleasure. The pleasure and honor. Thank you. We're all ours. Listeners, please, once again, don't forget about our social media, the tweet, tweet, the Facebook, the LinkedIn, the uh, Instagram, and now even on the Tiki Talkie. Please check us out. Questions, comments, concerns, suggestions for guests. We love, love to hear from you. Listeners, guess what? Once again, we're out of time. Greg saying our hope and prayer is that when you wake up on Monday morning, just like Karen Fox does, you'll say, thank God for Monday. Until next time, another episode of Thank God for Monday. Have a great week, everyone. Bye-bye.